Welcome to our podcast. My name is Mariska Kestelo and I'm the founder of Word of Mice. Today is already seventh edition and we have actually an all-female panel. So I'm quite proud to have Amanda Thurlow, Sabrina Myers, and of course, not to forget our own Alessia Di Ramondo to talk about what can influencers do for your company. And of course, we talk about very specifically about meetings and events industry. So if you would do an influencer campaign, what can these passionate, I would say these passionate ladies can do for your, um, for your company? So we'll talk about the work of the influencers and of course a little bit about the projects they have done in the past. So welcome Amanda, Sabrina and Alessia. Would you like to share some, I would say, a brief introduction before we start with the questions? So I will go on the alphabetic, uh, I would say alphabetic order because we have three um, uh, three ladies. So first is, I uh, would say, um, perhaps Alessia give the word. So um, people are looking for, I would say, um, practical examples and they want to know how does it work if I want to work with an influencer? Um, can you, for example, explain um, the process or how, how to work, for example, um, um, with you. Alessia, would you like to go first or I should give the word to Amanda? Give the word to Amanda, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Amanda. <laughs> Thanks. So introduce Pass it on. <laughs> yes. Um, well, there's, there's sort of lots of different ways, I guess, and it's depending on what you want to do as part of your marketing strategy so it'd be sort of having a consultation with that influencer and really getting to the heart of what it is that you want to get out of working together and what that influencer can do and sort of planning it out so be looking at what channels they have what kind of content they create um, what messages you want to get out there do you do you want to educate um, people in the industry about something new product launch or a new service that you're launching um do you want to get involved in the conversations around things such as sustainability or the return to normal after the pandemic or so it's kind of figuring out there's so many different areas niches and angles across the whole of the event industry so it's really kind of having that conversation to start with i think and working out where where you can both kind of align and sort of making sure as well that you know the, those content that you're trying to get out there reaches the audiences that you want to engage with as well so it's just having that kind of conversation and being able to work out that what it is you want to say who you want to get that message to what message it is you want to get it to and how you want to get it out there as well because obviously some brands suit different influencers differently as well some are some are more kind of educational based some are more content and creative based um so it's just working out what platforms are on and also you know as a brand yourself if you're on certain platforms that the influence is not and vice versa you tend to work better together it's mm -hmm. a, in a partnership model so you can share each other's content and help boost the reach of it that way i think so there's a lot of kind of consultation and planning that goes into working on a project together rather than just you know i think there's quite a misconception that working with influencers is just kind of asking them to do an instagram post for you mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot more that goes on behind that about who why what where when 
how mm-hmm. all those kind of things so yeah. it's definitely so a bit of a like consultation to, yeah so if i like to summarize it's it's also a very um a strategic decision like you said there's so yeah. many things in that people don't see okay um all the aspects that you just that you just mentioned um um sabrina um would you first introduce yourself and do you have anything to add on the comments that amanda already gave because she quite summarized it i think quite well amanda did a fabulous job <laughs> she pretty much summed it all up there i'm sabrina myers uh so my brand and platform is hot hospitality exchange um i'm all about video so I'm a mice vlogger. Um, and so just to add to what Amanda was saying, um, content creators um, in our industry, everyone does something very specific. They're, you know, they've got their own perspective. They've got their own method and way of doing it. Um, and what I definitely agree is, you know, um, the, first, the first step is always finding the one that's right for you, finding the content creators that are right uh, for you in terms of what is the message that you want to deliver, what do you want to do, and then you see who's out there using whichever platforms, and if you like their style and you think it's someone you want to work with, then you can collaborate together and figure something out that's going to be great. Um, But what Amanda did say, which is very important, is it's a lot of work. (laughs) It's not just going there, taking a photo, putting a filter on it, and then writing four sentences and finding relevant hashtags. There's an actual strategy to uh, being a content creator. Um, You know, content marketing in itself is a huge, huge topic and subject. Uh, People study it as a degree. You know, marketing is a huge, huge phenomenon and topic. So um, content creators in our industry, influencer marketing is another stream of that. So it's very, very uh, important to understand um, and acknowledge that it is an actual job. It is actually very difficult. There is a lot of time and effort that goes into creating visuals, images, editing videos, and also the art of actually coming up with the copy, which is the words that go under that message or that uh, video or that uh, picture. Mm -hmm. A lot of times that's the most important bit, more than the actual picture, which might be just a draw card or the video, but it's the actual, what is this trying to relate to the viewers and the audience and what do you want it to relate? Um, so yeah, I would, I would say those are the main questions to be asking, you know, uh, what your, you know, as with anything we learn from school or, you know, uh, find, or we learn in sales and hospitality. My background also is hospitality sales. I used to work for Hilton. I used to work for Starwood when it was Starwood and the leading hotels of the world. And from a sales background, you always have to know who is your target audience, right? So are you trying to create something that is for event planners? Or are you trying to create something that is for hoteliers and suppliers? So as long as you know and you define who your target audience is, then you can work with whichever content creator slash influencer you think would fit uh, in terms of coming up with that campaign or collaboration or project for you. I think it's about adding them sort of into collaborating with your existing marketing team as well. So it's about looking at how they can add to that work with and extend some of the stuff that you're already doing as well. So there's there's an element of that, I think, definitely. Yeah, I would like also to add someone told me once that you are, yeah, like you said, an extension of the marketing team, an extra pair 
of ears and eyes, but then in a, I would say in a professional, in a professional way, because yeah. I think that is also something that a lot of people still see. If I say I work with influencers, then I always think directly of the, the beauty and the fashion influencers. And um, so I think there's also a huge, I would say, misperception. And perhaps then I can already go to the, I would say, the second question is also how do you select the right influencer because a lot of people think um yeah you are selected on your amount of followers which is um um that's the first also the lot of people ask yeah but how many followers do these do these influencers have they talk also not really in a i would say in a human way <laughs> so i said but these people are real from flesh and blood these are not robots so can you also say explain from if I want to work with one of you, um, how do I select if you or uh, Sabrina or Alessia would be the right person for my brand or my company to work to work with you? I think you have to look and see who is following that person. Um, you, the most important the audience, yeah, yeah, the audience. So yeah. you might have someone who's a content creator that has, let's say, for the sake of argument. 10,000 followers, um, which you can go and click, say it's Instagram, you can go into their Instagram account, you can go into followers and you can actually see who's following them. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when you know if you if this person is going to work for you or not. Because obviously, that's the audience that's going to be looking at all the content that they're producing uh, for you. So if you have someone that's a content creator that has a lot of relevant followers like event planners, mm -hmm. any account that's got events in the tag, um, associations like MPI, um, hoteliers, suppliers, event supplier services, tourism boards, convention centers. If anyone like that is following this person, and a lot of them are, then that person is relevant. And that person has the right audience because that might be your target audience. Mm -hmm. um, but if you are, say, as you mentioned, a beauty blogger, then that's not so relevant. That could be a million people and a million women who would buy that mascara. So it's a completely different market. Um, so you really have to figure out who it is that is following this person. And if you want engagement and that person's community to also uh, be open to your message, then that's the person that you would have to pick. So that's where you have to do your research. Yeah. I think yeah. also I, I, it'd be having a look. Oh, sorry, go on. No, 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 no. go, go, go. No <laughs> I was just going to say, I think it's about as well looking at what content they're producing mm -hmm. as well. So it's not just about the followers, it's about the type of the style, um, the relevance of the content. So if they're engaging in conversations that are important to you and your industry, um, mm -hmm. then they've got a lot more kind of engagement and connections across that industry so I think that's really important I think it's important to have a look at who is sharing their content that they're creating as well um, so have a look who's kind of retweeting liking and engaging with their content that they're creating because that's what makes it relevant is that people respond to it not always I quite often have people come up to me sort of offline and say oh it was really great but they haven't necessarily liked the content but um so that's another area and then also I think about sort of um building a relationship with them online as well it's not a snap decision it's not an instant thing where you can just kind of go 
uh, I need an influencer. I'll have that one. <laughs> it's about following them and getting to know their style as well um, and seeing, you know, most of us are all kind of on different platforms as well. So it's just having a look across, you know, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, different ones that we're on as well. And the other angle, I guess, is looking at what, what, um, projects they've worked on previously who they've worked with what sort of work they've done um, and that kind of thing so that'll give you another idea if they've got experience working with brands similar to yours as well Mm-hmm. Alessia, yeah. do you have anything yeah, to add? Yeah, of course, I, I totally agree with Sabrina and Amanda. Just not check not only the audience and the people who follow that person, but also the comments that person receives on the posts uh, published on their channel, on, uh, on his channels, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Instagram as well, because it's important also the type of comments received, not only the number of comments received. Mm-hmm. And also check for the tone of voice used by that person because that one is also important in communication in copywriting above all but in communication in general so check also for the tone of voice adopted by that person you are looking for and you are trying to understand if it's right for your brand and your company to work with mm-hmm. yeah yeah i totally agree with you alessia and what about because we're talking here about b2c and b2b influencer marketing um, of course, um, you can only build up a relevant audience of followers if you are, if you have been working or if you're still working in that audience, because I think that is also a huge uh, misperception because they think we engage with influencers from other industries or people who have okay, nothing to do with our industry. Um, I think, um, like I said, influencers for me, uh, I use the word because then everybody understands but I think there's also totally, I would say, yeah, um, I would say not respectful to actually what you all do. Because, uh, for example, Sabrina, you told also that it's a huge uh, workload that is involved in the, in, in the campaigns. Can you also say um, something about that? Would you like to be uh, named a virtual content creator or are you really taking them um, seriously in your job? Because I think that is also a huge in general misperception due to the B2C market? I think um, the word influencer is, it's a bit like either you hate it or you love it. There's no in between. Um, I personally am not a fan of the word, but it's also something that I strongly believe is that you shouldn't call yourself an influencer. Someone has to deem you an influencer. It's, 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 it's not something where you should be like, I'm an influencer, call me. No, like that's, I think too much, you know, like that's, um, it's something, you know, an influencer is basically, if you look at the actual, you know, definition of it, it's just someone who has influence to make you take a decision in something. Right. Mm-hmm. So an and influencer, we, we see influencers from uh, lots of different industries, any kind of personalities, any celebrities, you know, they're all influencers in some shape, way or, you know, or form. Um, in our industry, um, influencers, you know, uh, when you say the word, because it's not been used or there haven't been that many creating content, like, for example, me and Amanda and Alicia do and how we do our things. Um, it's hard to kind of pinpoint. But in those cases, you know, I disagree. I think there's lots of influencers in our industry. They're just not creating content in, your, in the traditional way that you think. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not having um, 
you, they're not creating specific social media content to be shared, but they might have a very, very loud voice in the industry. Yeah. Uh -huh. So an influencer could be in the, say, in the French market or in the Swiss market or in wherever, in Belgium or in Denmark, it could be any prominent event professional that is constantly uh, raising discussions on LinkedIn, that is constantly sharing artic articles and giving their opinions, that is constantly doing little videos and sharing them or might be always interviewed by IMEX or IBTM. You know, there's someone that's very prominent and they're a personality. So they're still in content and they're in a lot of content and they have the influence on people because people are listening to what they're saying and they're engaging audiences on different platforms. They're just not doing it in the way that me and Amanda and Alicia are doing it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when people say, how do you identify these people? That's who you look for in your own markets. You look for people like that. And then you somehow try to see how you can collaborate with them and try to get them thinking that, well, actually, you can be, you know, an influencer in our industry and create content where people would listen specifically with certain brands and suppliers. Yeah. So, Amanda, do you have anything to add um, to this uh, in general? <laughs> I, I, I think it right what you said and it's it's that difference like you were saying there between influencer is somebody that might not not necessarily proactively create the content but they have an influence yeah whereas people like us we kind of actively create content and look at ways to share what we're doing and probably engage some of those people to come and talk to us on blogs and interviews and things like that as well so yeah mm -hmm. I, I'd agree with that yeah, but I think that's so essential of you to have that professional professional approach and by saying, okay, I'm an influencer, but there's several other people are an influencer and let's do a project where we engage others as well, where you are more perhaps more visible because it's your I say part of your profession, part of your daily job, where the other people are might still working as an employee or perhaps as a, have perhaps a different uh, different role. But I think it's important to engage the right people. And therefore, a good strategy and a good saying, okay, a good strategy and a good, I say, profiling of the influencer or influencers is so um, is so really, I would say, really important. Um, the importance of being engaged in our own industries as well, isn't it? We're not just being brought in externally just to no. sort of sell a product or service. It's something that we're engaged in. We know the people in our industry. We're so everyone's cringes when you say passionate, but we are passionate about <laughs> about the industry. You know, we kind we do kind of get involved and are genuinely interested in what is happening in our industry, and you know we can we can create platforms to engage with those people that have opinions and thought leaders and things as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I want to add to that you know each of us have a different skill set you know um yeah I think Alicia is amazing at photography or like her images are incredible she's she's so good at that I suck at photography I could not do photography I would have to you know like I would have to really think outside and like I could do it, but it's not my go-to thing. I'm not an expert at it. Amanda is amazing at the written word. You know, she can type out a blog and put everything how she does. I'm not a blogger. So my, my skill set is video. So I'm all about visual, you know, so I could do, that's why I love TikTok because it's videos, you know, and it's Insta stories and Instagram is where I thrive because I love the, the medium of video. But again, if each and every one of us has a different skill set. So that's also very important to be able to um, 
separate, you know, which it's, it's, it can be um, also seen as an opportunity for different brands in our industry, because it's not just one influencer that you have to pick and work with, you have a choice. And mm-hmm. with us all having different skill sets, it allows the hotels and the brands and the destinations to be able to work with different ones to raise, build a community and raise engagement in different ways, you know, so there's huge opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed, indeed. And something you, you mentioned, everyone has his own has his own niche, has his own um, I say his own expertise. Um, and there is um, the last 10 minutes I would like to talk to you also because um, the Corona, COVID-19 coronavirus, of course, has impacted all of us. Um, I mean, our daily jobs and our personal and professional lives. Um, and I think here comes also the creative part um, of our industry also involved. And could you mention uh, each of you what you have done, um, for example, what initiatives that you have taken personally um, during this crisis, which you would perhaps, well, I'm not saying that you would have done that before, but what have you done to engage with your audience or to be, to, to remain, uh, to remain visible? Amanda. Um, so I started off sort of right at the beginning of when sort of UK went into lockdown. Um, I wrote a blog because I could see some of the ways that marketing would still be important. Um, it challenged the way that we could market destinations specifically because obviously travel was restricted. People couldn't go to those. And it was one of the major restrictions on hosting events is that people couldn't travel internationally. Um, so it's easy, easy enough to kind of get that ah moment at the beginning where you think like, ah, my whole, my whole job working within a destination or convention bureau is to push travel to that, that destination. So what can I do now when nobody's allowed to get here kind of thing? So I just wrote a blog, which was sort of seven ideas that I had around how, destinations could still market and how they could rethink and you know Mm -hmm. yeah so I was kind of looking early on about those things around sort of sustainability about um, engaging with the knowledge hubs and how you know having a look at those knowledge hubs so I've worked with convention bureaus before where the the knowledge hubs especially around association events have been really crucial to attracting business into those areas so one of my tips was around looking at how industries in your local area are engaging with the crisis how are they responding what you know manufacturing science technology what is their response to it and those areas are obviously specialist and niche in your area and you should be highlighting those as well to help engage those sectors in an event space afterwards because they'll have sort of access to that knowledge and you'll be sort of highlighted as that so tips like that that I was kind of of sharing as well um i've also launched a social media challenge as well so whilst we we can't host events and we're restricted at the moment um it's one that's um got a charity angle to it so it's raising money for meeting needs charity um and it's trying to get events in line with some of those museum challenges and travel challenges and things that have been happening online at the moment and I'm encouraging people across the event industry to try and recreate those events at home Um, they don't need to be realistic they're just kind of light-hearted a little bit funnier the better Um, 
and uh, I know DRPG group have already done one where their whole events team has used their radios, put their high-vis jackets on and checked their guests in to the um, event on their radios and they've just really done it all from the living room. Looking for an idea. <laughs> yeah, so it's just ideas like that and I'm just trying to get people to kind of, you know, essentially event planners are good at planning and creativity and that's what we do and we're all kind of itching to kind of get back to that kind of oh we want to plan an event we want to organize stuff and that kind of thing so you know it's an opportunity and you know again it's destinations incentive travel across the board there's ideas that you know people can come up with to showcase that but in a in a way that's within their sort of local government guidelines and safe and yeah so it's a way to kind of engage with others showcase a bit of what your specialism is within the industry but doing a really fun and creative way and help raise money for charity great great ideas and and uh, sabrina what have you done during um during this this crisis because i saw you yeah very often online but yeah. <laughs> i've been on linkedin quite a lot um so basically i took a took a more of a community angle i would say so um i know when this all kicked off um there was so much happening on linkedin in terms of uh people writing 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 sharing articles and quite a lot of doom and gloom for lack of a better word mm -hmm. um and so i thought what can i do that would be different uh, that might be a bit more lighthearted and actually um you know bring a bit of positivity to the feed um using my medium which was video and so um i actually was inspired by chris martin from coldplay who went live from his home um, for, I think it's called Global Citizen, uh, is, the, is the charity. Um, and he went live just, and it was called um, Something at Home, or We Are at Home, or something, uh, Working from Home or something like that. And, um, and basically he went live in his living room for 25 minutes. He was, uh, opened it up to the, to the public and they were sending in their requests and he was playing Coldplay songs like live. And it was, just so nice. It was nice because it was like, everyone was like, you know, being, showing lots of love and he was playing his music and it was just really nice. And, and I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could do something similar, not live, but that I could in some way share the stories of event props from all around the world and what they were doing right now. Um, and so I embarked on creating a video podcast series called Event Props Together at Home which is the hashtag. And so far I have had about 40 videos and 40 wow. event props from all around the globe, from Bratislava to from Canada, from Denmark, uh, Belgium, Holland, everywhere. So UK. <laughs> Denmark, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but I've all been asking them the same 10 questions. Um, and every interview has been completely different. You know, it's not, it's not even a formal interview. It's more like a chat. I've kept it really light. Um, but some, you know, some are very light and it's very funny and it's very chatty chatty. Others have a real, you know, inspirational moment and they talk about lots of different things and you just have a notebook and you're writing everything down or you rewatch it. Um, but it's been a really wonderful experience, but also to be able to tell the story uh, of this global community of us and show the faces of a global community of us. And also for me, widen my personal event prof community and networks, you know, um, and uh, put other people on the platform that normally you don't see. 
because there's lots of people that are on the platform and they have a voice and they're very opinionated and they're always on LinkedIn doing things. But there's a lot of equally very impressive event profs around the world that are might not necessarily be on LinkedIn sharing their voice. And this is a great way to give them a little bit of an audience and share their story. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing uh, in this break. Yeah, but it's nice to see how you've been creative and how you, I would say, um, yeah, everyone has his own approach. A man had a different approach, you had your approach, but it, it's great because everyone has his own style and, and fulfills the needs of, yeah. of your followers. Yeah. Amanda, you wanted to say something? I was just going to say the way, like we were talking about earlier in the same way, how we get people who've got influence or skills or stuff involved yeah. with our content. And it's that idea around the fact that, you know, we might not have skills or expertise in certain areas, but we are able to bring them together. And mm -hmm. that's a great example of offering that platform to it. Exactly. <laughs> I think there's in general a strong, sorry, a strong willing to collaborate, especially now in, in where we're all more or less affected by, by, this, by this global crisis. Um, Alessia, do you have anything, uh, anything to add on? Uh... Uh, yeah, I can say I have been involved, of course, in organizing the B2B Influencer Marketing Chat Series together with you. And I support many uh, companies, uh, hotels and planners as well, especially uh, small property luxury hotels as well, who had to change the way they communicate and ask me for some support behind the scenes. So I offer my skills, my expertise uh, to support them during this uh, period, during the crisis. And also I try to involve the students from my academy to work on a B2B influencer marketing project together with Mariska uh, mm -hmm. to offer some ideas to Italy and the Convention Bureau in Italy in order to apply a strategy to promote Italy uh, with a new brand uh, campaign. And I hope uh, we hope together <laughs> this project will be applied finally and so i think it's useful also to get some ideas from young uh, professional future talent of the industry of course so we need their help and uh, we have to involve them in the strategy uh, we try to apply mm -hmm. so it's great to see that because now if some people have misperceptions about influencer on this call you see now these are real professional who have favored their business Despite um, during a global crisis, they continue with their communication, continue with the business in another way, and everyone with his own, yeah, following their own strategy and using their own skills. I think it's what you all have done, and I hope that, um, not only I would say picking it up on governments and on a bigger level that they will take our industry um, a much more uh, I would say much, much more um, seriously um, uh, 30 minutes of um, 30 minutes of interview I'm just um, how do you see the trend shifting from advertising in towards more engagement with B2B. Not all at the same time. <laughs> People are looking for engagement. I think more and more 
in a way Listen, I put it to somebody, buy it now. People's thoughts and opinions are, and what people have to again sort of bring in sort of our skill sets as influencers as well, and our knowledge as well. Because, like I was saying, we're, we're not just here as an external kind of marketing company or whatever the industry yeah. as well. We live, breathe, work, and get involved with the industry, so it it is is our knowledge and opinion is is relevant it's not like like i said it's not like we're just saying buy this do this <laughs> it's, it's a genuine opinion so it's interpretation rather than just a, a note popped on a platform Yeah, and I think it's it's to be easy is like get Kylie Jenner to create lipstick and twenty thousand million that's the beauty industry that's how it works. Get her to sell to a beauty brand to try and make a collaboration that might be slightly more difficult. They don't want their company associated necessarily with the Kardashians, you know, and for us, it's, it's the same in this industry. You, you know, it, that's why it's so important because you're picking a person, you're picking a personality, you're p picking someone, you know, who's going to be the face of your hotel, your brand, your destination for an X amount of time, creating content for you. So, you know, this person has to be engaging. Um, in order to deliver on that. Um, and it's a lot harder to do, um, but it obviously can be done. It's just that brands and, and suppliers in our industry have to understand that it's a harder job um, and they have to make the right decision when choosing these content creators and influencers. Mm -hmm. um, and then if they pick the right ones and they come up with the right you know, campaign, which is purely through collaboration because every personality and content creator is different, then the engagement will come. That is, that is no question, but it takes time and it takes effort and it takes a real strategy behind it. Um, but it can happen if you pick the right content creators. Yeah, yeah, indeed. But I think also because the, um, to buy ads has never been so cheap as now. So I think also people live now in a very, I would say, uncertain world. Everything what we thought that we were secure of our jobs, perhaps our house or um, uh, our, um, our loved ones who are suddenly sick and we lost our jobs or whatever, or we lost, um, I mean, everything that we had was uncertain. So I think also the trust, which comes back again, I think it's much more reliable to work with someone who has, 10 years or 15 years or 20 years of working experience in, in, in the industry to work with it, to be influencer then to, to invest that money in ad campaign where you, uh, of course you can target the audience, but it's, but it's much more gen, generic um, than to, to add it, to invest it in a real collaboration and in a long-term collaboration than just in an, in an ad campaign.
but also I think it's what you said about the qualified, you know, you know, if you use someone like myself or Alicia or Amanda, we are in the events industry. You know, we plan events, we are actual event planners, or we have worked in the industry on the hotel side, on the, on the event planner side, you know, it's, 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 it, the content would reflect that because that's how we would look at it. That's the kind of content we would create knowing that that's what will resonate with other people like us, with other event planners, with other people in the hospitality industry and how they would look and process content to get that engagement. And what's really important, and I was, had this conversation because I, 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 I do one-to-one social media um, audits, if you will, with event professionals. And recently I've done a few and I had one event planner. She has a small um, independent agency in London and I did a one-to-one one-hour session with her and she was saying, you know, she's done Instagram workshops online. She's done, you know, how to do this. She's bought books, but it's so different when you speak to someone that comes from the events industry because she was like, you know, I was trying to trying to find pictures to put on my Instagram feed, but how do you make fencing around Glastonbury look sexy? And I was like, well, you can, you just have <laughs> this, this and this, you know, or maybe do like a time lapse when you're putting it up, you know, that could be fun. She was like, Oh my God, I never thought about that. Yeah. But again, it's because I've worked in the industry. I know, and I've done it before. So I can suggest that to her mm-hmm. and I can give her ideas based on what my perspective would be having and being part of the events and hospitality industry, it's a completely different perspective when you hire 50 cents to come and do content for you, you know, because he's music industry, he wouldn't have any idea. But if you're trying to get the word out, or it really, at the end of the day, depends what you're, uh, what you're trying to sell and who you're trying to sell it to. Yeah. I think it's a difference like having that vested industry and just that vested interest in the industry as yeah. well is yeah. different to working with someone outside the industry like I said that you just kind of pay mm-hmm. to turn up and pose next to a fence <laughs> it's, it's, exactly. it's yeah I fully agree with you ladies I have two questions actually from Jaroslaw um or I would say our biggest I would say our biggest fan <laughs> one question I'm going to unmute you uh, Jaroslaw because um um, uh, if you can unmute yes. yourself, because you said, um, but does how uh, destinations and hotels realize that? What was, was in, actually before? It was in regards of the number of followers, but you should find, not look at the number of followers, but at engagement, comments, you know, and the right, right audience. It was there. Yeah, it was ah. about that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's a very say. I think it's a very good question. I think our uh, our industry is still ahead of a long, a long, long learning curve. I think, but um, let's see what your opinion is of the both of the of the ladies, uh, Amanda. Um, I yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of awareness and sort of education, which is why things like this are really great because we can talk about all those elements that are relevant as well, rather than just the numbers. So, um, it yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see afterwards the people that have been involved in the conversation today whether what they've learned as well and whether their ideas that they hadn't necessarily thought of because um, it's probably going to be similar across mm-hmm. the industry as well yeah, so. yeah. Sabrina mm-hmm. um, I agree I think it's um, it has the rise of the influencer has been because people have been calling these people influencers because of their following yeah. And it's only really in the last 18 months that 
the world has started calling their bluff, right? The world is saying, oh, this person has 10 million followers. This must mean something. We have to get that person. But it's, there's been enough case studies where they picked that person and they've not gotten the engagement and they've not gotten what they wanted back. Um, and so it's that's now it's this whole, you know, reason why Instagram has started getting rid of likes in a lot of countries so that when you have, uh, you know, a post and it's got a hundred thousand likes, you know, people have started creating content just for the likes because they think that's what success is based on. And they think that is what, uh, you know, the right metric is. But Instagram has gotten now, in some cases, in some markets, rid of the likes. And they themselves are saying it shouldn't be about the likes. You know, for us, it's the content. The content has to be relevant. The content has to be good. It has to engage the audience and people that are following. And it's also, you know, it, it's a more about reach now you know that is the metric that everyone is talking about it's about reach and it's about engagement in terms of comments and things like that so mm -hmm. you know with all these followers a lot of the times people that have millions of followers they're not answering their own comments <laughs> that's not them. exactly they have chat thoughts yeah. and they have you know yeah. an assistant or an intern that's like oh yeah just write back to that person okay yeah. so you're not really engaging with that person so, and that's very, very difficult to find in today's world of those people with millions and tons of followers. So, yeah, indeed. I think, I think it's a, it's a matter of training. I think people from the industry should be trained about how to deal with influencer marketing and influencers content creators because if they know how Instagram works, how Facebook, LinkedIn, social media marketing in general works, yeah. they understand how to measure, how to evaluate the work done by a content creator. They appreciate more the work done because they know how it works. Um, this is why I, I think a training focused on influencer marketing for suppliers, planners, uh, convention bureaus as well would be very, very, very useful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Well, we have two questions. I would like to to um, address these. Um, this one is from uh, from Attila, um, which is also an interesting one. As a content creator, how far do you use the official communication of your clients? The communication channels, I think. So, um, do you use your own channels, or do you use, or do you post on the channels of the, I would say, of the. I think of the. Um... I think it. Uh, I think it depends on your collaboration and what you've agreed on. So, yeah. for example, my last campaign was, for example, with Vienna House Andals in Berlin. We agreed that um, we would post on both my platforms mm -hmm. and as well as their social media platforms and which specific ones. So I think if they said, "Well, we want you to only." create content that we will post on our platforms, you can do that. And there can also be the option of where I create content and I post that content on my platforms and then they just share it as well to their platforms. So it's, it's again, it's the consultative process of, you know, deciding on what you want that to be. Mm -hmm. You can also do things like um, channel takeovers as well. So, you know, depending yeah. on, the restrictions and the flexibility of being able to do that then um, if people are open to that idea there's always a there's a opportunity to kind of 
give one of us access to your channels and we can curate the content for so it'd be like through our eyes as well so it'd be relevant to your brand but it'd be through our eyes I've seen that work quite well as well Mm -hmm. and this is an interesting point Amanda brings up because and this has been my gripe from the very beginning one of the main reasons why I started doing what I do is because I don't see enough mice representation on Instagram feeds of destinations hotels so I see a lot of women sitting in bathtubs drinking champagne with LED lights <laughs> yeah trying to get people to get to their hotel I don't see the inside of a beautiful ballroom. I don't see a time lapse of uh, a hotel. What about social distancing nowadays? I don't see that enough. And the, the the experiment that I always do whenever I meet someone that works at it, like a director of sales at a hotel, I'll be like, go to your Instagram page of your hotel. And he'll be like, okay. I'm like, now I want you to tell me or show me the first post that you find on your hotel's Instagram feed that is actually talking about an event that you've set up or your banquet team or your conference or you're selling it for mice. And see weddings. How There's always weddings. <laughs> indeed, indeed. It'll probably be on the fifth time he does this and he's like, oh, here's one. Oh, wait, no. That was like, you know, our buffet that was set up nicely for Easter. Yeah. You know, and this is what I mean. There's not enough representation of mice in general on Instagram sure. But again, that goes back to the marketing department of those hotels because they don't think that focusing on mice, for example, is going to bring in the revenue. When if you do the math. Yeah, it is. I don't <laughs> want to cut you off. We have mice. 46 minutes of, of webinar. I want to ask the one last question. I think it's such a funny question, of course, from our biggest fan, Jaroslaw. <laughs> um, do you think the influencer mice scene is dominated by ladies? If yes, why? <laughs> no I don't think I don't so know. quite balanced actually well you're an influencer as well uh, Jaroslav so, so you were male um, so um, but yeah I mean I still think there is so much opportunity for, for influencers and especially I hope now in these uh, in these challenging times that people event professionals who are perhaps now out of a job and hopefully change and, and talk about their lives, talk about their experience, even if it's our throwback moments. But I hope this, and because we are now more online than ever, and I hope that a lot of event professionals, if you work for a supplier, perhaps you lost your job, that it could be interesting to work also as a professional influencer, because there is a lot of, I would say, potential, um, potential in the pipeline. And I see there is a growing interest um, um for to work with with influencers and there is so much possibilities of saying options out there so i just want to thank you uh, our uh, great hosts so um alessia amanda and sabrina thank you so much for for joining the session if you have any questions um we will say a little bit you can put them you can put them in the chat or of course you can you can send them to us um, next week we will talk about a different topic which sounds perhaps a bit boring, but we talk about um, um, what are you allowed to do as an influencer or as a brand, which means we will dive further into the rules and regulations because they are, um, if you, even if an influencer or from a brand perspective. And I think it's very important that we address this um, also. So next week we'll have a conversation with Rupa Shah. She's the founder of hashtag, um, hashtag unlimited um, so we will dive in that topic over there so every Thursday at 3 p.m. and I want to say that Julius Solaris is also uh, as upcoming host in the pipeline so it might be of your interest as well um, so thank you so much for joining I would say have a lovely afternoon thank you and see you next week thank you.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.